Welcome to the podcast. This is what it's all about. Getting in here down the line. Should have opened my notes first. We're getting there. Tell me what you think about this big zoom in on my fat head. Hopefully you can't hear these planes going overhead. AM, what do we have? I write down notes every week anyway, so that just some things that cross my mind. So then would be good to talk to on the pod. So we'll have a look and see what we can uh, go through. Like music playing for clips, we'll do it on that. This is something I didn't mention uh, last week, but I mean, what are we talking about? Let's let's do a weekly wrap up, man. I've been good. Thanks for asking. Uh, what am I at now? Ten, nine days, uh, eleven, twelve. I think about almost two weeks sober. One full week. Yeah, Sunday will be two weeks. It's tough, man. It's tough. I've been like a professional drug addict for probably like over a decade now, and something you don't uh, you don't think about when yeah you know when that's all happening is stopping and the benefits of it you're stuck sort of stuck in it so I mean yeah if anyone's struggling with that just message me I guess I'll have chats here about it it's only two weeks it feels like a lifetime already um but the reason I did it is it's just it makes me makes me much faster my brain works a lot quicker um and with so much stuff on that I'm doing now I can't I can't be slowed down by anything you know what I mean you know meth speeds you up but it also, it also slows you down afterwards. It makes your mind race too fast. So, putting down the crack pipe. <laughs> Turning down free coke and shit. It's been interesting. I mean, I wake up fresh, that's pretty cool. So I wake up with like instantly ready to go you know what I mean instead of uh, dragging my ass out of bed hours like an hour or two after I've, been, I've woken up I'm like boom let's get shit done which is good it's interesting it's, I'm adjusting to it but it's uh, it's definitely getting there um, I'm just noticing that everything's getting a bit better like a lot better real quick so I mean I just had to, you know, I had to make that decision. Do I care about what I'm doing more than, you know, all this cool shit I'm working on? Do I care about that more than a cheeky line here or there? Or, which, I mean, it works well with the podcast name, Down the Line, because now I'm downing the lines, <laughs> turning down lines. Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. My emotions are swinging around a bit, especially in that first week. Things were getting a bit wild, a bit frantic. I, one of the main things I've noticed is I don't understand. I'm not used to being around people as much. I'm not used to being around people sober. So, like, if you see me out or if you, you know, when you see me, most people watching this will see me out. If I seem a bit weird, it's because I'm fucking readjusting. Oh, I swore. It's because I'll have to edit that. 
I'm going to try and keep it a bit clean for the pr- promo. <sighs> yeah, it'll be because I'm, uh, just because I'm adjusting to being like a human again. Um, well, to being a different, not a different human, just a sober person. You know, it's not that I'm feeling everything or anything like that. I'm just noticing the, I don't know, it's, it's strange. But I've started smoking a lot more, which happens, I guess. I, I need to replace it with a different thing. But, I mean, if you see me just, yeah, I don't want fucking hugs or any shit like that. Just being, being normal around me. But if I'm being weird, that's why. It's, I'm not trying to be weird, I'm just figuring out how to operate in this new setting, in this new ride, in this sobriety. But yeah, I mean, that's been going good. I haven't found it really too difficult, just because, maybe because I care so much about what I'm doing, I haven't really had that before, so... You know, and other people's lives depend on me <laughs> to a degree. You know, I mean, my show's helped so many of these, like, younger comics grow. So I've got to really look after myself to look after them in a way. Make sure the show's cranking, all the other cool shit. I'm, I, every time I lose an hour, every hour I lose just is such, such an important hour, realistically. Like, I took Thursday to myself, played a bit of video games, Cleaned up the rooftop. My room's a mess, though. Whatever. Did did shit to just get things going, better myself, and just have the day without thinking about it. But I can't have one of those a week because I've got to get it all done. Oh, I can't wait till it's eventually. Uh, eventually, I'll have a full time assistant, I guess, or someone that can just do all this admin stuff for me. Like, uh, <laughs> like a good example is I was on. Uh, I had to call Eventbrite just now. All the Magic Mike events are up till November 20th, which, just for these list- for whoever's listening to this, is our birthday show for the pro show. That uh, I'll have some cheap and offers going out, free ta- like tables and stuff going for the... So- that'll sell out for sure. Um, I'm going to get like a special guest in. I was going to try and get Will Anderson, but he's in Melbourne. And, uh, you know, they want to pay flights and accommodation. Business is like a grand just return. I'm like, don't want to be dropping that much on it. I've got debt to pay and stuff, you know. I'll figure something out. Maybe someone will be in town. Mm, we'll figure it out. Um, but, yeah, I had to call Eventbrite. and Because uh, I've got – so I put up eight events at once, eh? Just put out the last next few months' worth of events. There's like five or six different ticket types in each event. And I have to change the date on each one. Uh, on like when the ticket sales end. For each ticket type in each event. I'm like, because they all have different dates. It's like, fuck, just make it a little bit easier. So I call up Eventbrite. And he's, the guy on the end is like, oh, I'll just double check. Oh, I can't find that feature. So the feature I want is to... When the event is ending, when the event start time is, stop ticket sales. No more tickets once the event starts. And I usually set it an hour back anyway, so people can't, if you buy online, it's cheaper. He's like, I'll put me on hold, I'll have a chance to my supervisor, see if I can find anything like that. Comes back about five, five minutes later. 
No, it's not a feature we have. Man, I've got businesses I'm running here. I've got I've got content flying out my ears. I've got, you know, video editing. I've got all this stuff going on. I don't need to be helping Eventbrite, who I'm paying fees to, add common sense features. It's ridiculous, man. Just get your house in order. Have it sorted, man. I'm just one man trying to put all this stuff together. And you guys are out there with this giant company, near 24-7 support. Just get it done. How do you not have that feature? All right. He said he's going to add it to the list of things for them to add on. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, Dave Chappelle's special. Sticks and Stones. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Some things people don't notice is, don't realize is that was a Broadway show. It wasn't like a, a typical stand-up show in a, th- a theater. I guess it kind of was. But it wasn't like a club set or anything like that. It was a, like a Broadway show. Dave Chappelle's Sticks and Stones Broadway. It was a comedy event, not a comedy show. Like Hannah Gadsby should have been called a depression event, I guess. And, I don't know. It, you know, that's a whole can of worms. But not a comedy special. It's a, it's something different. It's in. I guess there's comedy at the start, but there's, you know, bands have you know, throw jokes in between their fucking songs. I swore again. God. It's like, yeah. It's just, just because you, there's a few jokes in it doesn't mean that it's a comedy special. Uh, but that was a Broadway, you know, comedy event, mainly stand-up. There was, there's a secret little uh, Q&A at the end. If you wait till just after the credits, there's a little thing in Netflix down the bottom that says, click here for the epilogue. Definitely check that out. It's pretty cool. You know, Dave talks about, uh, drops his, you know, someone asking him his favorite book and things like that. A few other cool questions and stuff like that that the crowd asked. Just real awesome, man. That's so good. He basically just grew, tripled down on everything. Each special. So he starts the first two, gets heat for it. Second one, he, second two, he hit attacks that heat and addresses it. And doubles down on it. This one, he addresses the heat from addressing the heat and triples down on it. Genius. Absolutely genius. And some of the things, like the techniques used there, man, it's brilliant. I hate when... Uh, it's so annoying when people are not in comedy, they haven't even tried stand-up, yet I guess as an audience member they can review it, they have their opinion, but it's not valid. When there's certain tiers, and when you hit a tier as big as Chappelle, like that level of Chappelle, the peerless is what um, Norm MacDonald called him. He has no peer. He is the top. You can't comment on anything he does. He is far above you in every way. It's like... The example I gave is you don't go, you don't tell a Nazi how to Holocaust. You don't, you know, you can critique it. Uh, you can th- say it's, uh, oh, I guess I've just eat, eaten my own point there. I guess you can say it's good or bad. No, you can say it's morally good or morally bad, but they were the best at Holocausting. Prove me wrong. Nazis were the best at Holocausting. You don't tell a Nazi how to Holocaust. You don't tell Dave Chappelle how to stand, do stand-up comedy. Just sh- or, or you don't comment on the art form of it when you're looking at it like stand-up 
all stand-up is equal. No. The stand-up comes from that person. The There's... Each level is there's like each joke. Then there's the whole special as a whole. Then there's his whole career and trajectory and pre previous stuff. All that doesn't matter. It's just him and what he wants to put out. That's the best part about it. And you can't cancel him. So stop trying. He is above canceling. Most comics are if they don't bitch it. Like you just someone will always pay you to do stand up. Like not always pay you, but you can always do it. You can just always do it. There's always somewhere to do it. If you just put up, if you stand on a phone, on a box, what Dave did in the in the park, and people will listen. There's those uh, Bible bashers holding Bibles down at Town Hall Station. They are people are listening to them. If we're forced to, and that's way less entertaining than doing stand up. So don't. Uh, it fires me up so much. Don't try and cancel any any comedian. They might. It might not be your cup of tea. You might disagree with it. That's fine. But they're allowed to do it. They can, you can say whatever you want. It's going to offend. Don't take away their job. Don't take away this, that. You know, this, from, people getting in trouble for what they say is the dumbest thing ever. Just shut up. You are choosing to listen to it. Like, it's not, you're not forced to. You did, you clicked and watched. It's on you. If you don't like it, that's fine. If you, Comment about it, you're an idiot if you don't like it. And it's usually people that are like, oh, no negativity, man. And then boom, they're up there. That's hate, uh, that's, that's negative, that's negative. And then they negatively attack it. So it's, it's, it's wild times. We're, we're living in, as Joe Rogan puts it, strange times. Um, and then Sh Sh Bill Burr's special came out the other day. Phenomenal, probably the best, like number one Bill Burr special ever. Uh, I, I think it was my, probably my second favorite of his. Um, man, so good. I think you're seeing like the counterculture comedy becoming the counterculture now. Just in if you go off social media, just because social media is and mainstream media is basically run by and used majority majority of the time by people who are way, like, liberal or way liberal, you know what I mean? They're the people that are posting the most. People that are happy with things don't comment. No one, I think a good example I heard from someone was no one, no one tweets an airline when their flight goes perfect. They only tweet when, or tweet, you know, post when the flight's delayed, they kick up a stink. So it's, it's that logic, you know what I mean? Like... Only people bitching and moaning are fucking kicking a stink. Just shut up and carry on with your life. If that's the biggest issue, someone's stand-up special, a joke in a stand-up special, you're really just trying to justify your existence by having an, having something to complain about. Like, you, it's insane to me that uh, people that probably don't even go see stand-up comedy I think they have the right to say anything about it. Get out there and watch it. Get out there and live like live that life, live that game day in day out, and then you have still just an opinion. It's it's weighed a little bit heavier than no than someone who's not, but it means nothing because the artist the artist puts it out for you, but it's their work. It's whether whether or not you like it doesn't matter. They want like they want you to like it. It doesn't matter if you do, especially at that uh, such a high level fifteen. 
10 plus years in the game. Shut up. When have you done 10, dedicated yourself to, you know, 10 years, a whole decade plus, sometimes two, in anything? If you're bitching and moaning about it, shut up and get on with your life. Um, but yeah, I think we're seeing a counter, ooh, counter culture here because with everyone kicking up a stink, mainstream going so far one way, comedians, the biggest comedians, are pulling it back the other way by being so... That's just how they are. As soon as... If you say anything to a comedian or, you know, even... You know, I'm, a, I'm predominantly a producer now. It's like if... As soon as someone has an opinion on something, I instantly want to know the other side or I instantly want to fight it just because it's more fun. So the more that the media is pushed to the left, I don't know how I'm going to edit this, whichever way, it's pushed one way, comedians are going to push just as far the other way and uh, try and bring us all back into the middle. Um, because realistically, the comedians aren't all the way this side. The media's all the way this side. They're in the center. They're pulled to the center and they're going to try and bring these people in and try and bring these people in and tighten that expansion a bit, I guess. That's something that you see sort of happening. But it's, it's strange times, but it's exciting times because people are starting to just break through without any care. People are starting to do their own thing, like Schultz, who will be here in the end of the month. Andrew Schultz is just crushing the game. He got knows from everyone, and now he is, you know, just making his own stuff, putting it out there, hugely inspirational, man, just changed the game for himself, and, and there's a roll-on effect for other people that look up to that, like, you know, myself and all the, you know, especially all the Sydney comics, you see that, especially with an industry here in this country that's so monopolised by certain you know, groups, venue venue owners and venue holders and stuff like that, all these young guns are, you know, they're saying that you can do it on your own. You can do this without having to rely on, uh, you know, rely in a way, but also get bent over and fisted by these big conglomerates and corporations. So everyone's sort of, uh, in, in, I think the future is independent, you know, even Netflix is so oversaturated now. I think the future is independence, uh, independent creatives, which is the dream. But not many people have really shown that you can do it to a scalable degree yet. So I'm sure this independent thing will t start getting oversaturated too soon. But the, pro the difference is, I think, with the independence, um, like the independent comedian, for instance... It, it takes so much work to get everything done and set up and run and so like intros, outros for each different idea and content and executing each piece of content and distributing it. It's such a massive task that only the strong can do it and that's what I, that's that's brilliant. That, that'll weed out most of the oversaturation like see all these um, a, a good example of that is you see TV people like, uh, I'm not going to name names, but people that were on TV shows and got famous from that start doing stand-up or even go back to stand-up and it just doesn't hit. It doesn't... Because the bar's set so high now, you've, 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 taken, you've taken vacation. You, you know, you've been in a coma for, for however, however many years or you're just starting and you jumped, you're thrown in that, um, into the big leagues and it never works. Like, it never works. Um... 
And you know what? The, and that weeds out people as well because you can get people like Jeremy Piven, for instance. He's grinding it out still. You know what I mean? Like he got sure enough got some opportunities from that from the TV show at the start, which most pe- no, other people wouldn't. But he is still doing all the clubs and he's doing sets. He's working. He's doing probably not open mics, but he's doing spots. He's in the game. You know what I mean? And you've got to respect anyone that's in the game. Obviously, there's some people that might be delusional, but and that they will keep doing comedy forever, but they don't strategize on how to get as big as possible. They just enjoy doing comedy or they're not cutthroat enough. Eventually, they might get good enough. Someone will help them, but it's, uh, it's an interesting game. And I love it. Like this is this is my life forever. There's no way I'm ever gonna stop this. I'm looking five, ten years, twenty years in the future. Twenty years, I haven't looked that far forward yet. It's a long way, but ten years easily is in my head for like the steps and what I'm doing. And along the way, things are moving so quickly, and I'm learning so much at once. I'm like trying to build it all at once, get all these different things going, ideas. Try and execute them all. It just, it's, uh, it's brilliant. I've missed learning. I've missed uh, watching and absorbing and using, building a knowledge on something. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all working out pretty well. Uh, <laughs> oh man, exciting stuff. Hopefully people enjoy this sort of stuff. Uh, if you want, just in the comments... Leave leave a comment on what you enjoy out of this, what you don't enjoy out of it, and I probably won't listen at all. But I'll, I'll take on some advice. I'll, you know, I'll grab some ideas from there if there's anything I like. But um, I got some good feedback from all the co- from some of the content I've put out already. Um, things like, you know, the clip show. People enjoyed that because I was roasting these little girls. But uh, that seems to get the most traction. <laughs> I built an audience from that mostly. I just wish I was better at roast, roast battle. Um, but I've got some more of that stuff coming, things like that. But i just like to sit down for an hour, get all these things that have been doing my head in out of here and out there. Uh, uh, what have we got here? Dude, I worked, uh, <laughs> I worked King Street Crawl, which is like this festival in Newtown, live music in every venue. I think it's free entry. And... Uh, there was this. So there's bands everywhere. People going to venue to venue to see one one act, and then going to another venue to see another act, cycling through. I was working it, and uh, I thought it'd be a lot more difficult than it was. But we had such a good vibe, man. Like, like this whole suburb was alive and vibrating. You could feel it, and all the bands that uh, Sly Fox did well. They crushed it. People were getting crowd surfed and stuff. It was wild. Obviously, the police are there at like midday. And they're the worst. Whatever. Um, but all this craziness, you know, was going on. The bands are nuts. And then you did notice, though, like, there was a lot of old, older people out. Like, I don't know. Australians age pretty, pretty rough. Probably like 60, 50, 50, 60. You know, like parents, soon to be grandparents, like that age. And, um, man, that was their one, one night, you know, one night out of the week. And 
uh, out of the year and they just, they went nuts, you know what I mean? You, like the way that old people just, when they get sloppy, the way they're just rolling around, throwing themselves around, it's it's an absolute disgrace. But <laughs> no, I'm glad they were having fun. It's just troubling to see, you know what I mean? You hate to see it. Just a couple of them had to be, you know. It's so awkward to like throw, you know, a near grandma out of a venue, you know what I mean? Like it's just to cut them off from the bars. I'm I'm glad, you know, I am one for people getting loose. I love that. Get as loose as you can. Like hit a few fucking, hit a few rails, get out there, have a boogie. Live the day, you know what I mean? It's your one day off a year, shoot up heroin. It's one day a year. Sure, you'll get hooked. You probably won't. Yeah, if you shoot it, you'll probably get hooked. Smoke heroin. Enjoy the day, you know, just a little bit so you're sort of a bit loosey-goosey and then just, boom, listen to some bands. Live your old life. Take some tabs. You know, make out with your kid. I don't know what, what you do, but I'm all for having a good time, but... There's, like, don't get violent. I saw a couple of old birds, like, when I, I was on break. A couple of old birds getting in, a, you know, trying to throw down with some security down at, um, down near Emmore Theatre Way. I was like, Jesus, man. This bouncer could kill you with one punch. Um, he won't because he's a professional. But, you know, some, some people just have no, no idea how fragile the human neck is um yeah that was sick man good vibes shout out to all the bands that played good stuff uh i'm gonna shoot you all a message and uh see if you want to come down for a comedy show for free give you give you a table just because it was sick gotta respect the people that are putting it out there you know what i mean grinding on that creative grind you know trying to make it big but that's it for the king street crawl i guess yeah, <laughs> go to relive their youth, getting Woodstock levels flogged on pre-mixed cans and bad decisions. Old birds. Uh, what else? There. What else? It's the worst shit. Oh man, if you go to a club and you're wearing sunglasses and it's nighttime, get out, go home. Just don't do it. Same with these whistles, neck whistles. No one, people, especially when you go into things like Sash, people want to hear the music. They're not, they're there to see these like international acts usually. No one wants to hear you going, wood, 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 Shut up. You're the most annoying person that's poss- possibly ever lived. And I'll be having a word to uh, the security guard. All, ne- all whistles. Get them out. It's so, so dumb. And like, all the chants and ridiculous. But like, can you imagine the type of person that you have to be to genuinely bring a whistle with you to a, to a, to a nightclub, to go listen to techno, to go listen to anything? You're not a referee. Shut the fuck up. Dude, you're a loser. If you bring a whistle anywhere, you're, if you, first of all, you have to buy that whistle. You have to f- go to, I guess, a $2 store, ask, do they have whistles? When they finish laughing in your face, then tell you no. You have to go to a- another $2 store and go through that again until you find one that has 
some stupid plastic beaded necklace, bloody whistle, and then you purchase it. I assume you've got it in a plastic bag to hide your shame. Like, I mean, I can't even... Do you put it straight on? Who knows? These losers have no rhyme or reason. And then you go... You go home because you have to buy it in advance. You don't just pick it up on the way, you know what I mean? So you've got that on you. You probably keep it for a few days. Hopefully hidden so no girls see it. It's usually guys with this. It's In fact, it's almost every single time it's some loser dude with a bloody necklace whistle. Then you're going into the venue. No, you're getting ready to go out. You put this bloody necklace on and you're like, this will do it. This is going to crush. Everyone's going to think I'm so cool. Shut the up. Get out. Just get out. Don't Don't even leave the house. Put it over your neck, grab the other end of it, and just yank it until you can't breathe anymore or until you come. It's so, so annoying. Like one, one sash weekend, I think there was like six whistles. One of them was like a wooden one. There was like a pan flute. Why? What are you doing? The, the, the capacity of the venue is not that big. You don't need a, you know, a whistle to, for, to let people know where you are. We know. Just message your friends. St- you know where they are. It's oh. just the audacity. I don't know. Is this like a cultural thing? Are people doing this in other places of the world and they're just thinking they're cool? Like the worst people. Just the worst. Oh. This episode's really fired up. This heart. Get the heart racing. I might schedule the, every episode to just have everything that's pissed me off over the last week at the top. So get the energy up. <laughs> uh, and I've seen a couple of fringe shows so far. Um, so I filmed, I went down and filmed Riff City for Billy Darcy and Pat Doherty. Good stuff, man. Basically an hour, uh, 45 minutes, 50 minute crowd work show. So Billy comes out, does 10, or does or 15 some, it's, I think it's like eight, 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 and then eight together or something like that. They they said they had a structure, but it was different every friggin' night. So, but yeah, basically the crowd's there. They pick it apart. Like they just go to each person, have a chat to them, ask them different questions, riff off it, and go. It, it was real good, you know. Um, wasn't many, not not any double ups that I could see. They Pat and Billy play off each other real well. I don't know if that started. To sort of come up through, you know, through the hype of bumping mics and stuff, but um, with Dave Ross, uh, David telling Jeff Ross, but I mean, if you can find someone you work with real well, comedy-wise like that, riff, and if you're talented at, you know, and quick to riff like that, it, it turns out real well. So I filmed it. Hopefully they put it out. I've got it anyway. If they don't, I'll just put it out without their permission, and we can all watch it together. <laughs> No, but it came out sick. Uh, I tried to do a few zooming things. My cameras aren't that great. So, I mean, the lighting is, it's almost pitch black in the room and then they're lit up uh, too much. And, you know, it's a whole thing. But, you know, the show itself was, you know, real fun. Um, who else did I say? I saw Dave Henning and Jack Wright. They did... Split bill as well when they were on stage together at the start. 
Dave's cousin from Penrith was belted at the back behind me and uh, flogged before the show started. That's what I like to see, keeping that uh, Western Sydney vibe alive. Brought back some great memories and some horrific ones, you know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, it was a good show. They, they really brought it, you know what I mean? Most of the show was ripping on uh, <laughs> Dave's cousin, but it was sick vibes, man. Good vibes. That's how I like shows, you know, loose, alcohol-fueled, everyone's, you know, loosey-goosey, shooting from the hip. It was bloody sick. I'm going to have to get Dave and Jack on Magic soon again, probably in October, November. This is how I'm telling them, so they better watch. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, I saw James O'Connell's show. That was sick. Uh, I think most of these shows, all these shows are done. You only get a few dates, so it would have been sick if I put this out earlier. But um, yeah, man, he's got a style that I love and works so well in the right room. Like, uh, a lot of rooms don't like him, man. I love him. So I met his family afterwards as well. <laughs> Got uh, got on the sauce. This is before I quit drinking. Got on the sauce a bit with his uh, mum and dad. Uh, they were cool as. Uh, but yeah, his show, real cool. Uh, I was, he's got a show there. He's got something there. He's got like a character, but it's like this. There's something something brilliant that can come out of that. I just, I mean, I personally haven't had time to think about it. Um, I don't at the moment have time to work on it, but. I'd love to be a part of that somehow. Brainstorm. This is me thinking of things while I'm talking. Um, but yeah, that's cool. All that was awesome. James's show's sick. Definitely check him out when he's around next. Uh, he crushed magic like the week after his show finished as well. Like destroyed. Tried to go. <laughs> tried to go uh, safe up at the top of his set. Did not work. Uh, my crowd likes it rough and raw. And. Uh, you know, but he brought it. It, it didn't work as, as well, but it came in and crushed shortly after. After he realized, oh, that's right, this is who I am. Heggy <laughs> uh, Towns and uh, Alex J, Luke Heggy, Daniel Towns, Alex J. I saw their work in progress show where they're trying out new bits. That's pretty cool. Uh, nice. These things, I've got to get someone to fix this. Uh, or just stop playing with it. Yeah, so their show was awesome. Uh, it's good. Uh, I don't know, that room's... The way it's set up, the stage is so high and the crowd's, like, so low. I don't know. Heggy brought it, like, brought the house down. He's so freaking good. He's headlining Magic shortly as well, so definitely keep an eye on that. I've just put the event up now, so get involved on that. Um, Yeah, I mean... We're going to try and see some more shows by the end of the month, hopefully. And uh, I'll add it in, add little tidbits in the uh, in the weekly podcast. I guess this is weekly now. and I mean, I, I want to put it out as often as I can. At least there, there'll be a long form once a week and then it'll be clips all week. So no one's going to miss out on anything. Uh, what? Uh, yeah, I bloody... It's so interesting to me, so, like some of the people, because I work late nights, I finish at like 6, 7 a.m., you see you see some people like, this might get me in a bit of trouble, but you see some people that are uploading like their holiday pics, you know, with their 
you know, with their significant other. And you see it a lot with Instagram influencers. Like, uh, the, the pictures are all like edited and nice and pretty and matches the theme of their whole bloody feed, which I, I feel limits your creativity, but whatever. And, uh, then you see them out and they're just absolutely chockers, like jaw to the left, face to the right, just mangled. And, <laughs> and like, two, you know, two days earlier, you see a photo they've uploaded from their vacay and it's just hashtag blast, hashtag, you know, all this stuff. Just shut up. Be, be honest with yourself. Like, I, sp- I guess it's bad marketing, but... And you got to respect the game, like the Instagram influencer hustles like that, you know what I mean? You can't be sitting there bleeding nose, plate up to your face. Uh, <laughs> I love that side of it, that little dark underbelly of every everything and everyone. That's, that's what I love. <sighs> it's brilliant. Brilliant. Get in there. We all know them. KFCs are doing meat pies now, desperate. Mmm. This is a bit tough. I mean, this, it's weird seeing like those talent shows. Like, right, so, Emmett Bali, my Blacktown brother, 2148 represent, he's down there, he's on Australia, he's got talent, he's in like the semi finals, dude's, dude's crushing it on there. Um, I don't watch it. I don't have a TV. You know what I mean? That's it's 2019, and I'm, you know, I'm cool. So, well, yeah, it's wild to me that people even still own a TV. And, but you know, I'm seeing on Facebook he's crushing it. I saw this the like uh, audition thing. These shows are always like I uh, had Gavin Sample as well. He got through to quarterfinals or whatever it is uh, at Magic before he was on TV. He's so funny. Like, so Zoom it. Like, I've seen Zoom it crush club set. I've seen Gavin crush it. Like, but the the setting of a talent show is so ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, to have these people that aren't have never done stand up, which goes back to my earlier point, judging them, judging someone doing stand up is so ridiculous. And you can see that they have no idea what they're talking about. They've never even gone to a comedy club, but they they've got no idea. And I don't like it. Like all their comments and reviews are about like, you know, what they remind me of. Oh, you remind me of this. You remind me of a small Russell Peters and stuff. Shut up. Like it's, that's so ill-informed and just, just the, the only thing you could think of. Uh, Brown man, Brown man. Oh, you look, yeah, it's ridiculous, man. I, I don't like, I'm not a fan of shows like that. And, but I, I am I am a fan of Umit getting his success. You know what I mean? Umit getting his success. So get that same with Gav. Gav I think Gav's still in the RSL club now because of it. So I mean, it's good exposure. But man, I just hate the sterilization of it. And you see all the edits and stuff. Like that, I saw like this edit where Umit's telling a joke. The camera pans along like this on him from a like long shot, and then it just cuts to like this. Oh wait, side on. Of a judge's head, so like, what are you, what are you doing? He wasn't even, he wasn't even actually expressive in any way. He was just like this. I was like, dude, don't, 
don't sabotage him for the people watching it at home because they're going to see that, see his reaction and go, oh, that's how I'm supposed to think about this. No. Sure enough, comedy can break through what other people think, but Jesus Christ, give the kid a break. You've got him on this stupidly large stage with all this stupid flashy stuff. Buddy, you know, this huge arena of people that didn't pay to go watch him. And it's like, they're all laughing, they all love it. You know, you're so restricted in what you can say on there, obviously. You can't swear, you can't have any real dark thoughts or, you know, dark jokes or anything like that, which I'm also against. There's a there's a place for it, which is there, I guess, but I mean, it's got some pretty rough stuff when you get down to it, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, you see him in a club, it's going to be a whole lot different, you know what I mean? But that's good. I mean, Seinfeld's got two sets, one for certain crowds. You know, you've got to be able to do clean and not clean, I guess. I'm never going to be able to do clean. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, yeah, it's weird. But, uh, you know, I mean, it comes from Blacktown, and I mean, that's the only place I've ever seen a double-decker pram. Like, two down here, and then two on top, and then another kid holding the mum's arm, like, as she pushed the pram. Like, that's crazy. Like, these kids are, like, all near the same age, or they all, some of them came out at the same time, but double-decker pram, there must be some safety things there where that's not possible, like, not legal. Yeah. Who knows? I saw it. It happened. Um, got the specials. Uh, Demon Slayer anime is cool. Man, all right. This is going to be a big one. So let's talk about this, which you all know I'm a big fan of, big advocate for removing the lockout laws. Gladys has suggested she's going to remove the lockout laws. She's not going to remove the lockout laws. She mentioned it. Think about this, right? She's been so st- so strict against them. She's like against removing them. She's so pro lockout, like more than more than Mike Baird, to be honest. More like Mike Baird just didn't say anything. He inherited them from Barry O'Farrell, but then he sort of stayed silent on it. He said a few things. We tried to bend him over and get him to do it. Realized he he mentioned that he was uh, against them before he got into power, before he got um, became premier. Then, as soon as he was premier, backflipped on that, stayed strong. He was on uh, a radio station confirming that my hashtag Casino Mike thing was getting got to him, which I love. Um, and yeah, I mean, so you've got to look outside the box. Why the hell would all of the media suddenly be awash with the lockout laws are getting removed? Why? And then if you actually read the articles, it says that she's she's just mentioned it and it'll be based off the inquiry. But the headlines all said that the lockout laws are getting removed. Now, the reason this is, is because all this bad stuff happened that weekend. If, if something's too good to be true, it definitely it is. Especially if it's in the mainstream media. Like, suddenly these guys are on your side? No, you idiots. Something horrific, like some kid got... They ate a child. Something crazy like that happened. Because for the Murdoch media to get on on our side, a a rational human's side, they must have done something so messed up that they needed to fill every media with... Like, like every uh, outlet with this fluff so that to distract you 
you simple-minded fools. It's never happening. Uh, like she'll, she'll wind it back half an hour, I bet you. That's it. Max. Uh, or take it to three o'clock, which is still a restriction. Even if they got rid of it and drink service stops at three, it's still a restriction. I don't finish work till seven. I used to finish work at two. What difference... What they don't understand is that when they go to bed, it doesn't mean that everyone else goes to their bed. I'm trying to, you know, I've got all this stuff I do during the day to work on this stuff, uh, on this comedy stuff. I've got to work at nights to pay rent and stuff. So I can't live a life, I can't live a nine to five life like these pathetic politicians. There should be no reason to limit this city less than 24, 24 hours, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, so I, I honestly believe that they put it out because constables, senior constable's son, uh, no, the commissioner's son, police commissioner's son got caught drink driving during their weekend blitz, which the fact that that even got out, I'm surprised they didn't swipe, sweep that under the rug, which I guess they kind of did by saying the lockouts were going to be removed. They tried to sweep that under the rug. They didn't post about it in their in-detail analysis of the weekend of busts. Uh, and not only that... They caught a senior a senior constable off duty with coke at Star City, and you know what the news newspapers and none of these articles did name the casino. They said at a casino. There's only one casino in Sydney. It's the casino, Star City. You weak. I'm gonna try and not swear so I can post this. You weak bitches. I'm gonna. I'll just believe it. You weak, weak dogs. Like, that's the power that the casino has, that it could it, it instantly, the, the day after, manipulated the news so that it didn't get... It's a, it sponsors all these newspapers. So they just said a newspaper, uh, a casino, not the Star City Casino. Well, I'm telling you now. I mean, I, I've probably got more reach than the Sydney Morning Herald online anyway. It gives a... Cr- only old people read that. I've got more reach than people that... It, with people that matter. Do not believe... That suddenly, out of nowhere, Gladys is like, oh, yeah, you're right. You know what? Let's wind it back. It's also, there's, I think it's partly to do with this whole tram situation. So is the tram going to be 24-7? I assume so. I mean, there's no reason it shouldn't be. Um, first of all, trains should be. That's the whole reason. Like, there should be 24-hour trains. I don't understand why there's night riders. There's so many train lines. We can't even get them right during the day, actually. So wind that whole, whole idea back. But just fix the trains. Do, set up a system where they can run 24-7. You don't even need that many of them. Just like one an hour. Isn't that hard? It's just like the buses. Just run a train. <laughs> it's, yeah, I think it's, you know what? Think about this, right? So the whole city, 24, you know, every Friday, Saturday night, massive amount of people going into the city. They introduce the lockout laws. King's Cross becomes residential, starts becoming residential. They, you know, once all the businesses, after about two years, the businesses all crumble, they start building residential there. I think even the city of Sydney, no, the government might even own some of the apartments or co-own some of the apartments in these developments, uh, which is things that no one hears about. Like they own the Omnia building, a part of, uh, apartments in the Omnia building that's crumbling and collapsing from a contract that they gave out. So then residential starts coming in King's Cross. Then you've got all these people, the mindset of the all the public changes to not go out anymore. 
most people just stay home or they go out after work on Friday, go home. The whole going, leaving the house to go out into the city, it's pretty much almost completely gone. Now they only go, people from the east go to like Goodbar, things like that. Um, people aren't driving into the city to make a day, of, yeah, a night of it. So all this car traffic's gone, which leaves the perfect situation to build a tram line through the middle of, you know, the major city of Australia. And that's exactly what they did. So the lockout laws, in my, the lockout laws, obviously corrupt as hell, designed to get this tram in there. Also more money from Star City. Also residential in King's Cross. To, you know, we think that they're stupid. They do make a lot of stupid calls, but underneath every stupid call is an old manipulative little mind map of strategy they they have developed to get what they want done. And now we've got a tram through the city. Wow. Awesome. Who gives a shit? It's a tram. We, oh, my God. This is so ridiculous. The, the fact that they think that this is the coolest thing ever. Like there was a – when they were doing the test runs, Gladys and the, the new transport minister, they're like, it's a great day for everyone. You know what I mean? We just – we're really proud of this accomplishment. Shut up. It's a tram. First of all, it's like everything these, that this Liberal Party has put in. It's like six times over budget. It's absolutely destroyed businesses, local businesses. It's a nightmare. Everything they do just turns to crap. NBN, crap. Tramline, crap. Lockout laws, destroyed everything. Like, and still the old people are like, yeah, trams, yeah. Elon Musk is making... Space flight affordable, and we're celebrating a tram through the city, which is walking distance. You can walk all of it in an hour, two hours max. So, from central to secular key is the 40 minutes at the most. Like, what the why the hell do we need this tram line? We don't, uh, but yeah, to all you people celebrating this lockout laws removal, you watch. Every single time you've thought something like this uh, in regards to this topic was going to be fixed, what's happened? This. Oh, yep, yep. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, we started off soft. Boom. This is your anus. This is the city. It's just been fisted constantly by this government. And I mean, I get it. You want hope. You feel, you know, everyone wants to dream. Everyone wants to hope. I'm telling you, get rid of that. Get rid of that completely. Come, in up with, come at it with pure cynicism. Uh, yeah. I, I know I sound like a senile, like old man, conspiracy theorist. It's all true. Nothing I said was wrong. They got extra tax money from Star City. The lockouts are staying at King's Cross, so the residential can keep booming. And they can have an inner city little dwelling. Tram lines completely obsolete. Watch how many people use it. Nearly no one. First of all, without the, a main hub, there's nowhere to go out in Sydney anyway. It's all just small bars. Everyone's going to tram it from small bars. No. There's no point. You can walk. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that down. I'm going to walk the tram line. I'll video the whole thing, I'll, I'll time-lapse it, and you'll see. I'll tell you exactly how long it takes to walk the entire tram line. I mean, sure enough, there's a tram line that goes all the way out to bloody 
Kingsford and stuff like that. Great. Uh, not Kingsford. Yeah, Kingsford. Uh, Anzac Parade, all along there, which still isn't done. Uh, and things like that. Down to, I think there was, I saw, no, there wasn't tram stuff down at Coogee, was there? Or near there, maybe. I get, I get it branching out. But we don't need it through the CBD. Uh, you need one, you need it to start at the CBD and go out. You don't need it to trek it through the whole bloody thing. Uh, less traffic, cars and stuff in there, great. So now essentially what we're doing is going from New York, Star City, where minimal cars stuck in the thing there, you know, design it properly instead of all these one-way streets, you idiots. And then we're going from that to, I guess, San Francisco, I, I guess. I, who knows? It's all corrupt. Gladys is a dog and I hope she dies. Uh, but that'll do it for the podcast before I have a heart attack. Uh, if you've got any music, send it in. Um, send, yeah, I've got send in some music. I'll, I'll play some. Uh, if, if you've got like some cool band stuff or new releases, I'll feature it on the podcast. Getting about a couple of thousand views. I'm at, I think about three and a half thousand on my clip. Uh, clip, clip. But, and then with all the views, it's only going to pick up. So send me in that if, uh, if you if you want relationship advice, like I'm polyamorous bisexual, I'll happily give you relation give anyone relationship advice from someone that's uh, so strongly against monogamy. Uh, that's just chills at idcomedy.com. Shoot it through, and uh, hope you enjoyed it. The Yvonne in the Dark Arts Tour. Woo!